0: Listen to Grassroots Music UK, the podcast for unsigned artists, www.innovationstudios.com and welcome to another edition, episode 18 of the final curtain call, Legendary Grassroots Music Remembered. Now over the last 17 episodes, I can't say 17 weeks because I had a bit of a break over Christmas, but over the last 17 episodes I've been interviewing some, um, some of the legends of this industry and I've had a wonderful time doing it. Um, and I've learned so much, and I've continued to um, try and and better my understanding of all the bands that came before me and all the ones who worked so hard to build up various places. Thank you very much for your correspondence about last week's episode about Limelight Club or the Limelight in Crew. Um, I had a few emails just saying thank you for remembering um the good times we had and a couple of the bands who had emailed me and said god i remember that place we had a brilliant time there and um also again just it, it was a labour of love for me trying to learn about these places and um uh, thankfully a lot of the information that i gave out was kind of confirmed except for one thing which was nobody had any recollection at all of um metallica playing there under the disguise of somebody else or some other name so i'm not quite sure whether that was there but I I just it's just something that I heard and something that somebody had mentioned to me once that I thought was worth bringing up but um, nobody seemed to have any recollection of that so look I I said to you last week I'd fix anything that needed fixing and where that's concerned um, maybe it didn't happen but it may have happened somewhere and if it did you have gotta let me know haven't you this week's episode um continues basically finding another legendary grassroots venue which we'll get to in a minute but first of all i want to send out um a congratulations to um a few gentlemen who um have become i'm going to use the word friends but it's probably uh, inverted commas above it at the moment but we know each other well now and we've got to know each other a lot better and that's andy price Neville Kidia, um paul reynolds and I want to say thank you as well to Max Reinsch, um, and also uh, love and respect to the late Paul Eggham, who were the Pinkies. And their album, As I Speak to You Now, came out today, 40 years after its initial release. It's been released finally on digital media, which they they talked about in one of my earlier episodes. You can go back and listen to my interview with Andy and Neville, which is one of my favourite interviews. And um, yeah, the album is out, it's on Spotify and um, bless him, Andy sent me the link through this morning. That's something really nice for, for somebody like me because I've said before, you know, without being over the top about it, that band um, have no idea how important they were uh, to me in as much as, you know, seeing them in the town all those years ago and um, feeling like that was something I wanted to do and um, followed their their music, had their had their album on vinyl, um certainly for about 10 or 12 years now which I, I it took it took me about two or three years to track it down um and i had it and i've heard it and it's been remixed by um jay reynolds who's a uh, award winning um brilliant brilliant producer as as one you know you name it grammys and brit brit awards and all sorts of stuff and um he's remixed it and he's d- done an unbelievable job of cleaning up Basically, what was uh, what was there, it was it was always a brilliantly made album and always a brilliantly played album. But as Andy referred to in our interview, a couple of the songs structurally weren't exactly how he, he would have liked them to be. And uh, Jay, Jay Reynolds has managed to tidy them up, particularly things like Holding Me Tight. It sounds completely different to how it does on the original 1982 um, release. So I want to give a shout out to that, to... to um, You know, Andy Neville, Max, um, Paul Reynolds and to Paul Eggham's family, actually, um, for giving us that music um, and for allowing the world to finally hear that album. I love that album. I I think it's brilliant. Um, And I want to, you know, I, I think it's important. So that's the Pinkies. P i n k w e s And you can find it on Spotify now. And if you search, it comes up straight away. Believe me, I searched. But Andy sent me the link this morning. Um, but what he didn't know was I'd already found it a minute past midnight last night, <laughs> and, uh, just to make sure I had it. So I'm not a stalker, Andy, all right? But um, it's an important album. And um, because I move in these circles, it was one that I wanted to make sure I had straight away added to my playlist. Um, and let's hope our paths cross... Sooner rather than later. Um, and I'd really like to see those lads again. Um, first opportunity I get. So um, that's the, the Pinkies album that comes out today. On another level, I'd like to um, say hello to Bob and to John um, and the other members of the management who um, gave me their album. I wrote a review of their album, which uh, John asked me to to do, and I was more than happy to, to do that. Um, the new album is called Under New Management. Um, and um, they both signed the album for me. Um, And their management are Billy B, Bob Mundy, Dick Robinson, John Bobin and Paul Milligan. And they're out most weekends. You can see them on the club circuit most weekends. Uh, As you know, they've got a lot of experience between them anyway. And and if you look them up individually, they've done so many other side projects. And uh, look, that's what it is. But as an album, you can get it from... um, their website um, or you can certainly get it from uh, emailing john.bobin at btinternet.com or you can find them on facebook at facebook.com forward slash the management band and if you have a look at um, that then you'll be able to order their album Uh, the running order is red answer here i go again me and julio down by the schoolyard always there nowhere man so sad to watch uh, good love go bad working in a coal mine tequila sunrise i'm a hog for you baby i need your love so bad out of time and bob mundy's a caravan on canvey island it's a brilliant album it's brilliantly recorded um and really really um you can really tell that the um the quality and the experience of that band and the attention to detail as well nowhere man is not an easy intro but they just nail it and I sent a review through, which you can read, and they put on their um, Facebook page. I did say website. I'm not sure if they've got a website, but certainly you can find them on the Facebook page. Look them up. Tell them I sent you. Um, and uh, if you want to copy their album, uh, amongst all of the other albums they've made over the years, that they have, they have a huge back catalogue of albums. Um, have a look. But uh, yeah, tell them I sent you. Now let's get to, uh, to work and have a look at uh, the venue for this week. And the venue for this week... Is um, a place called the Greyhound in uh, Fulham. Now, the Greyhound actually stood at uh, one seven six Fulham Palace Road in London W six. Um, and um, although it was, it's been used for various other things. Um, it was basically between nineteen seventy and nineteen ninety was a huge venue. For grassroots bands, and for and for, for indeed for bands who who were grassroots who ended up being international bands. Now we'll have a look at some of the bands that played there in a minute, but just give you a little bit of the history um, of the place. Um, it was derelict for a while in the early 1990s, but it housed the Cosmic Comedy Club, um, and that was run by Ollie Smith. Um, and Ollie was behind the Town and Country Music Venue. Um, before the Mean Fiddler took over and then renamed it The Forum. Um, But it became one of the puzzle chain of pubs. Um, Now, in in the 1960s, the back room um, of the Greyhound was a home for Irish traditional music uh, with the likes of Jimmy Power and Reg Hall. In 1967, maybe around 1968, um, there was a folk club that ran there and and people who played there were people like uh, Alex Campbell Uh, The Young Tradition, Shirley Collins, Dave and Tony Arthur. And in the 70s and 80s, um, landlord Duncan Ferguson took over and it became a rock venue. And the bands that played there in the 70s and 80s were bands like Stateless Quo, The Average White Band, Uriah Heep, Thin Lizzy, uh, Brinsley Schwartz, Bees Make Honey, Matching Mole, Mike Westbrook, Humphrey Littleton, Oblivion Express, The Stranglers and The Jam. And it featured punk music in the late 1970s. So it really was a hotbed of live music. And it was one of these concert venues that um, kind of comes to the fore. Because when we think about Wembley Arena or Wembley Empire Pool and Earl's Court and all of these places, there are a hell of a lot of other venues that weren't, you know, Shepherds Bush Empire and places like that, that have always been legendary music venues, but of course people don't always put them in the same category as Wembley Arena Wembley Stadium etc um now a few a bit of the correspondence that I was able to find um on the on this uh venue uh Francois had said um he remembered the Cosmic Comedy Club sign but uh, it was already uh, defunct at that time uh George um has said that he remembers the corner building um from not long before World War II when he was a little boy of about four or five. And it was the Greyhound Pub. It had a public bar which was known as the sawdust side where they literally had sawdust on the floor. Um, beer was a bit cheaper than everywhere else and there was a piano. Um, a saloon bar where the beer, beer was a bit more expensive and upholstered chairs. And he had a ladies bar where it said that the elderly ladies could drink their stout there unaccompanied without getting accosted or bothered by riffraff. <laughs> so there was riffraff even back then in the other bars. Uh, and on some days and evenings in the public bar, they would play the piano. Uh, Nelly Dean, my old man, said, follow the van, and and uh, Knees Up Mother Brown and other pub songs were were often uh, played and roared out um, by men um, in flat caps, choker scarves, um. <laughs> And it says, respectable ladies would, would go always accompanied by a husband or fiancé into the saloon bar. On the Fulham Palace side, uh, there's a big double cellar door in the pavement, um, which was, um, it said, big, the big brewery drays used to pull, arrive there pulled by a couple of shire horses and unload the beer, barrels of beer, and they would be lowered down a ramp into the cellar. Um, Stephen Young says, Kilgaron, uh, Kilgaron. Uh, gigged here on a very regular basis in the early 70s it was a really great atmosphere um, and um, not not was the the place to be on a Friday or Saturday access was okay but the stage area was a bit strange Um, seems to remember having to rope the PA onto some pillars Um, parking was never a problem even with a seven ton truck (laughs) so obviously plenty of parking at that time um david said he used to live around there um and he remembers a comedy club and there was a comic called sam miller who was involved in manager and managing it um it probably around 96 97 um uh, daniel says he used to work there loved working in the back and got to see loads of bands um terry harrison says he worked there in 84 85 and he said he saw the stone roses play there so again this is somebody who played there um Jane says um she that you wouldn't even recognise the place now, but she saw bands like Stan Webb's Chicken Shack, uh, Clayson and the Argonauts, if anybody remembers them. Um Anthony says um it used to go there fairly regularly. It was it was an important station in what would later be known as the Operation Julie network. I'm not sure quite what that is, but he said he saw Bob Marley and the whalers there in 1973 and it was free entry back then um db says that uh, don't forget the totally unique interior 1970s multi-split level in natural pine paneling um so there we go also another venue that's had the 1970s um daytime strippers a lot of these venues had strippers during the day and in, in this um In this, I'm going to say snowflake society that we live in today, if you like, which may be wrong of me to say it, but I'm just using that expression where you're worried about offending everybody. Can you imagine walking into a bar at midday and there's strippers there? I mean, you don't get that until, you know, the watershed, Oh, you can't have anything until after the watershed these days, and we can't have that, That's, that's offensive. And these pubs used to have strippers at midday. Why wasn't I born ten years earlier? I would have. I don't think I would ever left the place. Uh, David said um, he worked there in 1980, um, and he'd love to hear from um, Irish John McGrath or Taffy Paul Quester. So I don't know whether I'm. I'm not really running a. a what would you call it? Friends reunited page. Uh, camera man said uh, saw Peter and the test tube babies in '85 there um helmet says there are lots of live videos recorded um, taken by an independent filmmaker and uh, some of the bands there were uh, one of the bands on the video was jigsaw doing a live version of sky high um ron said that uh, the whalers gig at the greyhound pub was the first ever in the uk um roy said he was at the marley gig as well as thin lizzie and he sort of damned as well and and uk pearl says i believe it was also known as the globe uh, the Reef, and then and then it was called Naked. And uh, he says that he played there in 1993. So let's have a little look at the history of the bands that have played there. So if anybody was there or remembers these dates or was at these shows or was part of that band, please let me know. Now, this is the Greyhound in Fulham. And we're going to go right back to the 23rd of november 1969 uh, juicy lucy were there juicy lucy were also there on the 24th of may 1970 on the 17th of june 1971 fusion orchestra were there and the sunday the 15th of august 1971 thin lizzie were there. Uh, Thin Lizzy were there quite often, I believe, but uh, there we go. Fusion Orchestra were back on the 23rd of August, and Thin Lizzy were back again on the 27th of August, 1971. So they played on the 15th, and then they went back on the 27th of August. Um, On the 2nd of September, 1971, Uriah Heep played there. Thin Lizzy returned again on the 4th of November, 1971. The Fusion Orchestra were back there on the 12th of November. On Tuesday the 14th of December 1971 at the Greyhound in Fulham, Status Quo. Now by then, Status Quo had had probably about three or four albums and they would have changed their style. Remember the first couple of albums, um, which is Pictures of Mastic Men, I believe Dog of Two Head, or I might be wrong, but certainly the first album. Quo were a little bit more. I'm going to use the word melodic, but by 1971 they'd started to uh, branching out with uh, Down the Dust Pipe and stuff like that, and they were starting to become a heavier a heavier band. Um, and Stateless Quo were there on the 14th of December, 1971. Now they probably weren't as big as they became, but can you imagine if you were there and saw them? That would have been awesome. That's that really is something else. So we go back down to that's 1971. In 1972, on the 20th of January, so literally 50 years ago, yesterday, Thin Lizzy were at the Greyhound Fulham. On the 20th of February, John Martin was there. And let's have a little look. Camel were there on the 22nd of July, 1972. Now, the 17th of September, 1972, it was a Sunday night, Genesis, so that's the Peter Gabriel Genesis, but that's uh, they were there on the 17th of September, 1972. Um, Bob Marley and the Whalers were there on the 20th of May, 1973. They played there, the Greyhound and Fulham. I can't imagine them playing a pub. You know, the, you see these artists, they're international artists. You can't imagine them being at a pub, but they were. 12th of September, 1974, Quicksand. And... Um, On the Tuesday, the 8th of April 1975, Elvis Costello appeared, um, I believe with a support act that was Flip City. Um, But Elvis Costello was there on the 8th of April 1975. Fumble were there on the 28th of June 1975. And then on the 5th of July 1975, uh, The Jam were there. Um, So this is one of the early... um, early performances by the jam. Squeeze were there on the 17th of September, 1975. And how about this? Sunday, the 23rd of May, 1976. ACDC. Who then were so popular that they came back on the 5th of June, which was a Saturday, two weeks afterwards, and played the Greyhound in Fulham. Um, I can't imagine seeing ACDC in a pub. But that's what it was like then. That's why it's grassroots. Screamer were there on the 19th of September 1976. The Count Bishops were there in 1976 on the 11th of October. Um, Sam Apple Pie were there on the 9th of November. Hooker was there on the 9th of January 1977. The following Friday, Peter Perrett was there on the 14th of January. XTC, big punk band, or if you want to call it punk band, were there on the 21st of May 1977. 26th of June, 1977, the only ones. 1st of July, 1977, ETA were there. Now, Sunday the 3rd of July, 1977, the police were there. Um, now, we're talking about Sting um, and, and that police. We're not saying the police were there. It wasn't a police do, all right? I know, it's a terrible joke. I wish I hadn't done that. XTC were back on the 13th and the 20th of July, 1977. They must, uh, and actually, the following week, it looks like they had a residency for three consecutive Wednesdays in uh, 1977. So XTC played on the 13th of July, the 20th of July, and the 27th of July. Uh, the Zones were there on the 21st of July 1979. The Lurkers were there on the 17th of November 1979. Directions and The Sound were there on the 26th of December 1979, playing a boxing night gig. Long Tall Shorty. 4th of January, 1980. The Mods were there on the 6th of January. The Crooks were there on the 11th of January. Red Beans and Rice were there on the 12th. The Flies were there on the 13th. The Sound were there on the 14th. And Nothing Fancy were there on the 15th. Um, here we are. So many bands that have played here. It's just absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? When you think about it, I mean, you've all... You know, they have all you can't imagine these bands being in a... What you would call a spit and sawdust venue... Which is what it was referred to. I didn't call it that, it was referred to that earlier. Um, so that was nothing, yeah, nothing fancy were there. Let's have another little look, see what else I've got written down. It's funny how you can see music kind of changing as it goes through different phases. We've gone from sort of the early pub rock bands and the, and the rock bands, we're starting to get through punk and new wave. So uh, the 16th of January, 1980, Temple Tudor was there, Swords of a Thousand Men. Sunday, the 9th of March, 1980, Dolly Mixture with Upset. The Vibrators and the Almost Brothers appeared on the 28th of March, 1980. Wasted Youth were there on the 31st of March, 1980. Um, We've got Directions were there on the 20th of April. Manufactured Romance were there on the 7th of May, 1980. Uh, Tips were there on the 29th of May. Splodge were there on the 12th of June, 1980. The Expressos were there on the 21st of June, uh, 1980, and then returned on the 2nd of July. Wasted Youth appeared again on the 6th of July, 1980. Temple Tudor came back in July of 1980. Now, on the 1st of September, 1980, at the Greyhound in Fulham, the Thompson Twins. Now, this is where I'm saying the music's starting to change. The League of Gentlemen were there on the 18th of September. The Soft Boys were there on the 26th of September. Nash the Slash were there on the 5th of October. I've got to say, I've not heard of him, but if you've got any correspondence or information on them, I'd like to hear it. 20th of October, 1980, Another Pretty Face. Nash the Slash must have been pretty popular because they were back in November. ComSat Angels were there on the 10th of November. The Soft Boys, 14th of November. Nash the Slash again for the following two Sundays. Following three Sundays, as a matter of fact. Purple Hearts played there on the 29th of December, 1980. Um, and the uh, Department S played there on the 17th of March, 1981. Monday, the 30th of March, 1981, Music for Pleasure. Um, and uh, they were supported by the Speedos Berlin Blondes played there on the 3rd of April 1981 and were supported by Room on the 4th of April 1981 No Dice were playing there Michael Debar's band played on the 7th of April 1981 and The Damned played there on Monday the 20th And Tuesday the 21st of April 1981, at this time The Damned were pretty big. I think they probably would have appeared on um, The Young Ones and stuff like that by then, but that might have have been the second series. But certainly 1981, The Damned are definitely on an episode um, of that. Screaming Lord Such was there on the 28th of July 1981. Um, Naked Lunch were there on the 15th of September. The Avengers were there on the 10th of October. A Flock of Seagulls were there on the 13th of October, 1981. They were supported by the Zoomies. Um, The Damned were back on uh, Christmas Eve, 1981, Thursday the 24th of December. Jenny Darren was there on the 14th of January, 1982. Robin Hitchcock was there on the 8th of February, 1982. The Water Boys appeared on the 10th of February, 1982. True Life Confessions were there on the 17th of March, 1982. Girl were there on the 7th of April. The Alarm, um, supported by Fancy Goldfish, were there on the 27th of April. Uh, Tank were there on the 17th of May 1982. True Life Confessions uh, were coming back to play another show there. No Dice were back there on the 21st of May 1982. Urban Dogs played there. The Force played there. Radio Stars on the 6th of August 1982. Uh, A Flux of Pink Indians alongside The System and the Anxiety were there on the 6th of November 1982. The Damned made a welcome return on the 13th of December 1982. Um, Flux of Pink Indians were there for Two Night Run on the 21st and 22nd of January. The Inmates played on the 28th of January. Um, Worried Parachutes appeared on the 17th of May 1983. And then the Shazam and Opposition UK were there on the 2nd of July 1983. The Chameleons appeared alongside Miss Simone and the Mr. Sirs on the 4th of August 1983. Shoot Disputes alongside Monomix were there on the 8th of August 1983. On Thursday the 25th of August 1983, Opposition UK, Billy Bragg and True Colours appeared. um, And they were followed the following uh, Saturday night by Naked Lunch. Um, and then Billy Bragg, um, an opposition appeared again on the 30th of September, 1983. Now, I'm not sure what Opposition UK is. It seems to me as if Opposition UK was some kind of movement and Billy Bragg was headlining it. Now, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute and see if I can find out a little bit more about that. Uh, on the 31st of October, 1983, they must be Russians. Um, Mantilla were there on the 8th of November. Rubella Ballet were there on the 13th of November. The Jazz Butcher was there on the 18th of November. And Mann were there on the 17th of December 1983. Now I want to do, um, I'm hoping to do an interview with Mann. Um, certainly Roger Hoodless um, has agreed to do an interview with me, but it's just tying everybody down at this time of year when everybody's on the phone trying to get bookings, trying to sort some stuff out and, and busy, busy, busy with their own stuff. But um, I am hoping to get an interview with Roger, who was uh, um, their, ma- their road manager and their manager for a, a lot of years and has probably got some great stories to tell. Um, and he lives near me as well, so there's no excuse, Roger. Get your finger out, mate. Give me a call. What's the matter with you? So uh, anyway, I look forward to, <laughs> I look forward to hearing from uh, Roger, and also to, to uh, running an interview with him. But man, were there on the 17th of December 1983, another opposition UK evening. Had Grub Street there. Um, shock Corridor were there on the 5th of April, um, alongside Flowers in a Dustbin and Drunk on Cake. That's a brilliant. What a brilliant name for a band, Drunk on Cake. Um, Sunday the 26th of August 1984, Johnny Thunders. Uh, the Foreign Press were there on the 1st of September 1984. Uh, Johnny Thunders appeared again at this, on the 2nd of September 1984. Uh, the Foreign Press came back on the 27th of September 1984, along with Jamie Wednesday. Now again, as I said, any of these names mean anything to you, or it's you, or you were there, let me know. 9th of October, 1984, the Trudy and Soft Parade. Artery were there alongside the wedding on the 10th of October, 1984. And the Trudy returned in November uh, on the 27th. The Foreign Press appeared again on the 30th of November. Poison Girls and Chumbawamba were there on the 28th of December, 1984. Now, I'm not sure if Chumbawamba are the band that ended up with a few hits sort of 10, 12 years later. So I'm going to look them up and see what I can find out about them. The Stone Roses appeared on the 4th of January, 1985. The Stone Roses at a pub in London. That's just mind-numbing. But you have to remember that all these bands start somewhere. And you see, that's the thing, kids. That's the thing. When When you're not sure if you have a dream and you want to be big and you want to do stuff and you want to be the biggest band in the world, you have to remember that some of the biggest legendary bands were doing the Dog and Duck. They were doing the Greyhound in Fulham. They were doing the Flying Childers. They were doing the Double Six. They were doing the Ball. They were doing the Cricketers. Uh, They were doing the Royal Standard. All of these legendary venues right across the UK. And they all were playing there. And while they were doing that, they were building up a following. See, these days, somebody gets Wembley Stadium or Wembley Arena on the back of one talent show and they've only got 45 minutes of material. These bands knew about being on stage. They knew about the spit and sawdust venues. When they were given the opportunity to play the bigger venues, not only did they take it, but I think they bloody appreciated it and I think they really went in there and lived it and I think it brought the best out of them. So never be afraid to go and play smaller venues because I promise you it will give you one hell of a breeding when it comes to learning about this industry and the harshness of this industry. So for the Stone Roses fans out there, and there are millions of you, Remember that they play the pub, um, and, and it's not an ordinary pub. This is a grand in Fulham, but it's still technically a pub gig for the Stone Roses on the 4th of January 1985. When you think about how big that band became, probably with only two albums, I think. Um, but what they caused in terms of the Britpop generation and everybody who followed them, and they were playing a pub on the 4th of January 1985, 37 years ago incredible Blythe power were there on the 3rd of april 1985 um as part of the opposition uk the clamber were there the trudy returned on the 19th of june now the 24th of june 1985 curiosity killed the cat now i remember curiosity killed the cat i would have been about 11 at this time um yeah straight back down 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 yeah i remember curiosity killed the cat It's a bloke with a hat on wasn't it (laughs) It's funny how it sticks in my mind, but it was. It was a guy in a hat. Um, I forget his name, but uh, Curiosity Killed the Cat. Brilliant 80s band. Um, Yeah. Temple Tudor was back on the 7th of September 1985 alongside a support band called The Dentists. Um, I like that band. I could get my teeth into that band. I'm sorry. Uh, The Cardiacs appeared on the 28th of December 1985 alongside The Poison Girls. Um, the prisoners were there on the 18th of January 1986. Wire Train um, were there on the 15th of February 1986. Um, and then, as part of the world domination enterprises, Blythe Power appeared on the 27th of February 1986. Uh, Rubella Ballet were back there again on the 29th of August 1986. The prisoners appeared again in September on the 5th um, alongside the Dagger Men or the Dagmen. Um, And also The Trees' uh, Timothy London appeared. Um, He was there on the 21st of November 1986. Um, Loop alongside Junior Manson Slags. (laughs) I don't know what to say about that. They were there on the 25th of January. Skinny Puppy arrived um, to play their show on the 10th of March 1988. Keith LeBlanc and Tackhead Sound System were there on the 14th of March 1988. McCarthy were there with the Dubious Brothers... And Stephen Duffy appeared on the 4th of April, 1988. The flatmates were there in May. Bolt Thrower, who are like a legendary, I'm going to say thrash metal band, um, but I know Bolt Thrower are. Yeah, a real heavy rock band. They were there on the 11th of June, 1988. Um, The Milk Monitors were there on the 23rd of July, 1988, alongside Living in Texas and Acolytes of the Sun. The Darling Buds were there on the 27th of August. Um, the senseless things were back there on the 24th of September, alongside the Milk Monitors who were supporting and Mega City Four. Jesus Jones was at the Greyhound Fulham. Uh, he was part of the Worldwide Limited um, performances, which I'm, I'm assuming is was at that time either a charity or an organisation. But he was there on the 26th of September. Here's another big one. Saturday, the 1st of October, 1988, The Lars. Now, this would have been about two years before their debut album. Or their only album, as a matter of fact, came out um, in 1990, self-titled. Um, and The Lars, um, for me, another unbelievable album. Now, I often talk about the Pinkies. Um, and and uh, I don't know, I should be on royalties now. from. I, I, I should Honestly, I should claim a, a percentage of the royalties from you lads, honestly. Um, but the Lars, another massively important band um, in, in the, at this time, 1988. So they would have been cutting their teeth, if you like. Um, in which case, the dentists should probably have supported them. Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. But I remember that I am a dad and I do have the dad jokes. Um, they were there on the 1st of October, 1988, the Lars. The Young Gods were there on the 4th of October, 1988. These Immortal Souls were there on the 7th of October, 1988. On the 8th of October 1988, S.E. Rogie. Uh, Gong and Tribal Hearts were there on the 10th of October 1988. Dinosaur Junior, I know them, 16th of October 1988. Colourblind James Experience were there on the 19th of October. Uh, My Bloody Valentine played on the 26th of October 1988. Again, legendary, That um, shall we say, um, sort of a grassroots band, My Bloody Valentine. They did have a lot of success. Um, Maybe it's unfair for me to say that, actually, but they they are are—they're um, legends to, the, to, to their fans, let's put it that way. And a lot of people who haven't heard of them, you need to check them out, by the way. Um, Gore were there on the 1st of December, 1988. PVC were there on the 12th of December, 1988. Riff Raff were there on the 30th of December. And then Loop appeared on the 31st of December. Senseless Things were there on the 14th of January, 1989. Paddy Goes to Hollyhead. Now, I... I remember them. They were, if I remember rightly, they were like a comedy band, um, and they were doing really, really well. Paddy goes to Hollyhead, and they were supported by this picture. That's 18th of February 1989. Jesus Jones was back on the 21st of February 1989. Uh, Dirt were there on the 23rd of February. Mud Honey was there on the 24th of March. The Trudy with Toy Planets and Tyrone were there on the 13th of April. Nutmeg were there on the 14th of April 1989. The Clean with Chris Knox, and this picture appeared on the 31st of May. Throwing Muses, Thursday the 15th of June, 1989. Frontline Assembly were there 21st of June. The Lemonheads were back on the 30th of June, 1989. The Hypnotics with Lost Bastardos, Bast Bastardos, Lost Bastardos. Have to be careful how I said that were there on the 7th of July 1989. So for those of you taking notes, that's The Hypnotics and Los Bastardos. Conflict arrived to play their show on the 22nd of July 1989. Creaming Jesus were there on the 29th <laughs> 29th of July 1989. I should I don't know what I'm laughing at if I'm honest with you. Saturday the 5th of August, the um, part of the Acolytes or the Acolytes were the headline act, the milk monitors were there as well. Um, on the 19th of August, 1989, a band called The Hardons played there. Um, must have been quite difficult to get yourself through the door. But um, apparently, once you'd had a stiff drink, you were probably okay. And they were there with a band called Bomb Disneyland. Now, I don't condone that in any way whatsoever. It's just the name of the band. I love reading through these band names. The tribute bands are, the, are my favourite, by the way. Um, the ones I've worked with over the years. Barry Wide, Paul McCartney. Um, and stuff like that. I always, I always laugh. Uh, yeah, they're the, the, the just... So imaginative, some of them as well. So so clever. I'm not sure whether the Hard-Ons or Bomb Disneyland is is that clever, but I'm assuming they were representing something and they were getting their message across. Um, this picture were there on the 22nd of September 1989. Buffalo Tom was there on the 7th of October 1989. Into a Circle, 26th of October... The Telescopes and the Furry Things, 28th of October. Kitchens of Distinction, 10th of November 1989. Now, a lot of these bands, I'm going to look up because I want to know a bit more about them. So this is a great little thing for me to do to, and to research and to learn about that. The Kitchens of Distinction, alongside the Dark Side UK and Cranes. The Charlottes appeared on the 25th of November 1989. The Wigs were there on the 1st of December 1989. 1989, which would have been quite a hairy gig for them. Um, The Metal Gurus were there on the 20th of December, 1989. Uh, James Ray's Gang War was there on the 22nd of January, 1990. White Zombie, now there's a legendary band, White Zombie, alongside Silverfish and Terminal Cheesecake. What a brilliant name, Terminal Cheesecake. They were there on the 26th of January. 1990. Now, by this time, it's starting to wind down, by the way. Remember that it closed in 1990. Acolytes appeared on the 24th of February 1990, my 16th birthday. Don't do the maths, I'm nearly 48. James Ray's gang war were back on the 2nd of March, and the Acolytes were back on the 24th of March. Bullet, LaVolta were there on the 27th of April, um, and then on the 11th of June and the 27th of August, I have Baba Papa, which is B-A-B-A-P-A-P-A. Baba Papa. Cardiacs were there on Thursday the 2nd of December um, and this is 1993 so you have to remember that that um, before uh, the last band to play there in its original um, setup would have been Bullet the Volta, they played on the 27th of April 1990 and then it closed for two or three years before it was taken up by another owner and this is when Bubba Papa came back and were playing there, the Cardiacs were there. The Stupids were there on the 26th of May. Now, this is 1998. So at this particular time would have been when it was a comedy club, but I'm sure now and again they were putting um, bands on. Now, I have no idea whether or not The Stupids were a comedy act or whether they were solid. I'm going to learn a bit more about them. Um, And then it pretty much closed from about uh, 1999 right the way through until it opened for uh, just a little bit in 2010, um, as a music venue, it was just, somebody had taken it over again. Um, and on the 14th of October 2010, J.D. Smith appeared. He was there on the 21st of October. The Orchids, A.W.E., were there on the 18th of November 2010. And then J.D. Smith appeared on the 25th of November 2010. So by my reckoning, he was probably, or they were, probably the last band to ever play that legendary venue. If you played... The Greyhound pub in Fulham, and you want to tell me a bit more about it alongside all of the venues that I've researched and all of the ones that I've looked at and tried to tell you the story of, and to try and tell you some of the bands that have played there and know a little bit more about them, um, please let me know. And um, without a shadow of a doubt, I-, I am always keen to learn more about some of these places. Um, again, before I Love You and Leave You, congratulations to the Pinkies on finally their album being released 40 years after its first um, release. Um, and also uh, congratulations to uh, the management on the continued success of their um, new album and on the many phone calls that I'm sure they're receiving um, to go and play at um, so many venues. I think Bob and John, when, when I interviewed them, both said the same thing. It's um, it's starting to spiral a little bit, and um, but um, I'm glad that they're working because they really are great. And John said to me when we when we did his interview, you must come and see us, and you must get up and do a song. Now I'm going to I'm going to hold you to that. I'd love to get up and, and perform with you. Um, but uh, again, love and respect to everybody for your um, continued support and for your continued correspondence. Don't forget, uh, the road stories are every single weekday at five o'clock. The Final Curtain Call, Legendary Grassroots Music Remembered, is every Friday at 6pm. Um, and also, uh, don't forget, there's another series that runs. It's not weekly, but um, keep your eye out for that. And that's the first step. And that's um, discovering music. That's uh, people who are discovering music at any stage of their life, really. I, I'm talking to um, people of all ages who have suddenly developed an interest in music or have suddenly um found that they're writing a song or getting an idea the lockdown did a funny thing to a lot of people it gave a lot of people time and I think a lot of people said oh I think I'll write a song or I'll, I'll pour my feelings out or I'll do something so I do know there's a couple of interviews I've got lined up one of them is Anna Reynolds and Anna is uh, 16 and she's a songwriter and uh, and a brilliant one um, and she just suddenly discovered music pretty much over the first lockdown. Never, Although she plays piano and sings, had never picked up a guitar. And the guitar kind of found um, a, a just sort of lit a fire under her in terms of doing that uh, and writing songs. Which um, she'll tell you herself, hopefully I'll do an interview with her fairly soon. That'll be part of the first step. Also, I'm going to do an interview with a lady, a beautiful, lovely lady called Shelley Hole. Um, and Shelley is, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the nicest people I have ever met in my life. Um, we met in probably um, October or November of last year. Shelley needed to record an audio book. And her audio book um, is a basically her, her memoir, A True Story. Um, Shelley, Basically, the, the, the synopsis is the, uh, Shelley, the uplifting story of a battle to overcome disfigurement. Um, Shelley was born with a facial disfigurement um, and she has no problem with me using that terminology by the way because some people you know you have to you have to sort of um, say it a certain way or you have to be careful how you say it but that's what Shelley refers to and that's what she tells me I can use and um, had never really thought about it, it was just part of her life and carried on and and um, is a real success story in terms of coping with uh, life and um, just be living, living a quote-unquote normal life, having gone through so much. It's it's an inspirational story. It is a wonderful story, and it's Shelley Hole. And it's called Shelley, um, and I've been working with her to um, get it to record an audio book, um, which will be out very very soon. And I'll promote that. And I want to do an interview with Shelley purely and simply because I know it isn't music, but but Shelley suddenly took the decision to write a book, you know, in her 50s. Having gone through this for so many years, just suddenly decided, I think I'll write about this, and sent it off to a publisher, and they leapt at it and said, this is an absolutely unbelievable book. And Shelley has gone on, she's um, a member, and a, and a sort of, a, I don't know the exact term, but she's a very executive member, or a very, very uh, patron of Golden Hall, which supports... Um, People with facial disfigurement, and Shelley's been um, invited to do speeches all across the UK and Europe. And sometimes, you know, obviously the last couple of years with with the Zoom, it's all been on Zoom. But she really is an unbelievably um, lovely person, and I really, really look forward to interviewing her. That would be a great one. And as soon as that's done, that will be out because it is still the arts. It's still suddenly writing. At the end of the day, when I had John Bowbin on here, I talked to him about his books because. Shelley said to me when, when she was writing the book, there were times that she would lay in bed and she'd suddenly think, oh God, I need to write that down and rush downstairs and grab a pen and quickly write it down before it got forgotten. And being a songwriter, I know all about that. How you suddenly get an idea for something, you suddenly get a, a, a something, I must get, must get this written down. So Shelley's experience of writing a book was very similar to a songwriter, but apart from anything else, I think it'd be a great interview. So when that's done, I will let you know. That will be part of the first steps. That's just somebody who has taken the decision to suddenly write a book and put it out there. Um, and there you are, self self-publishing. That's pretty much what we're doing. Um, oh, that's probably pretty much what I promote. Anyway, look, I've flannelled for long enough today. I hope you enjoyed my look back at um, the number of bands and legends that have played the Greyhound in Fulham if you want to tell me a little bit more about it I will of course um, incorporate it into um, next week's show or the week after depending on how I'm doing good luck with the Pinkies album good luck with the management album have a lovely weekend I will be back um, on Monday with some road stories and then I'll be back next Friday where we'll leave a look at another venue or I might have an interview for you I don't know I've got a week to think about it anyway look I'm out of here Yours in Music signing off bye bye for now